This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. (laughs) Boy! Welcome back to 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is your host, Cool Movies Darth. You can follow what I'm watching at Letterboxd. The username is CMDarth. But if you want to spread the word about the podcast, I'll be up front. It's easier for your podcast apps and your smart home devices to just search for podcast by Russ Stevens. That's R-U-S-S. S-T-E, V as in victory, E-N-S, a last name I'm willing to lose a job over, or I found out that I was willing to lose a job over, and we'll talk about that in the podcast. I usually start the show after my disclaimer and the legendary anger scrum with a content warning. Frankly, I just don't have the time to get everything nailed right. I've been trying gosh, probably a dozen times to get this correct right now, this introduction. Let me just cut to the chase. I didn't have the time to censor this episode. I'm going to Fan Expo this weekend with the Poetic Critic, a frequent guest and big sister of mine. I need to binge some television. I've got to put all of Obi-Wan Kenobi under my belt and hopefully sample a little bit of season three of The Boys. I just don't want to be that nerd, I guess, who's a huge fan of both things, but completely out of the loop right now. It was a busy weekend getting content for the show. A lot more drinking than I've ever done probably in my 40s. Just forgive me for all the F-bombs. This episode with Gregory Carl, who's got his own podcast now, The Mud Show, if you're into professional wrestling. We'll talk a little bit about it in this episode, but the movie we're going to talk about is Mad God. It is Phil Tippett's passion project. It essentially took 32 years to get released. It's definitely not for kids. It's a stop-motion feature with no dialogue, lots of violence, even some questionable sexual innuendo, I suppose would be the term. If you're a cinephile, this is a must-watch feature. Imagine what the guy who gave us all the the model effects from Star Wars and RoboCop. Find out what his narrative is. This is quite the experience. You know what? Maybe stop the podcast. Watch that movie. See if you're angry. See if Gregory and I can talk you down. If you're happy, send an email. Be a guest on 90 for Chill, the podcast. Just offer me a movie, a director, a theme, an actor. Just keep the content dedicated to under 100-minute narratives. So if there's no little stinger at the end credits, as long as the narrative's concluded in 100 minutes, we're going to definitely have some fried podcast gold. If that's too much of a challenge, if you really just want to talk about your favorite movie, go and tell me your favorite movie. I will figure a way to make the episode work regardless of the length maybe not Amadeus but you know where I'm coming from I guess I could do man on the moon now that I think about it I digress 
that's uh, for another desperate call to the poetic critic to come on the show, I suppose. The email address is russthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-0-7 at gmail.com. Thanks for coming to 90 for Chill, the podcast. We've already had a 1,000 listens. It only took 75 episodes. Truth be told, that's 1,000 documented listens. I know a lot of people like my good friend Allie from Allie's Accessory Shop on Etsy just visits 90forchill.com and clicks on the play button that accesses the podcast from my server at maineventofthedead.com. Let me go and get this all wrapped up. Let's get into the show. I think we're doing all right time-wise. Thank you very much again for Gregory Carl and Michael Dubois for giving me their time this weekend to get a lot of content ready. No pressure on being a guest until there's pressure on being a guest, but you'll hear that from me. Thanks for coming to the show, and I hope you enjoy. Little Hands says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. can just scroll through shutter and just look at things although there's always there's always a winner on shutter i mean i can't believe how well um maintained it is in all honesty like i mean there's a always a classic somewhere and it's um just i mean it's difficult getting to matt like okay yeah i should You know, it's like, I know I have to watch uh, Mad God, but Joe Bob, Bob is just ranting about uh, Craig Sheffer's performance in uh, Nightbreed. And it's like, ah, that's what they're doing tonight? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so. I need yeah. to check back in with that drive-in show. Oh, I I loved Monster Vision back on TNT in the day, so so did i at uh, last drive-in was one of the reasons why i subscribed to shutter um why did i well you talked me into it uh i'll say that um yeah and then it's like oh i get shutter and then it's like all these cute little uh horror movies i'm paying five bucks for on itunes to own it's like damn it they got them all (laughs) 
they have everything almost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know why Hellbound Hellraiser 2 is off while Hellraiser's still on, but eh, I digress about that. Um, yeah, it's uh, good just to do some <laughs> bullshitting before we really get to the subject matter. Because, oh, yeah. uh, well, I, I just get... too, man. I'm sorry. They got really good originals, too. Oh, yeah. No, I was actually watching the... Well, I think it was on originally on AMC. I just haven't had cable in so long. Uh, Eli Roth's History of Horror was what I was watching. Yeah, Uh, which is good because I was watching the Possession episode. And shamefully, I still haven't... I own it on digital. Still have not watched um, Jordan Peele's Get Out. So it's like... No spoilers, damn it! And that's a, that was a surprisingly good. I didn't think I'd like that movie as much as I did. Well, it's I mean, a really uh, good movie. I mean, I think it's got to be the first horror movie to win uh, best original screenplay. I mean, when you go all the way back to Silence of the Lambs, the horror movie that won. Well, I guess there you go. It won adapted screenplay because it won the Big Five. Uh, well, no. Well, hold on. Let's see. Big five. Uh, best director, uh, Jonathan Demme. Best picture, obviously. Uh, best actor in Anthony Hopkins. Best actress in uh, Jodie Foster, friend of the podcast. We'll just say that. <laughs> and then you'd have, um, yeah, it had to be best adapted screenplay to be the fifth. So... But I mean, for a best original screenplay horror winner, I mean that's you know, that's probably the uh, biggest accomplishment of so far in the uh, past uh, twenty years, I guess of the well of this century, I guess of the Oscars. I mean, I, the only other thing comparable I would say would be Halle Berry and Denzel Washington winning the both acting Academy awards in the same year so uh for uh i think i don't know i think uh i've not watched training day so i think denzel washington is probably praised more than the movie uh, i think antoine fuqua might be overrated um i mean i love the replacement killers don't get me wrong i've bought that several times on physical media um <laughs> But, uh, I mean, Halle Berry definitely, I mean, Monster's Ball was definitely a, I mean, a, a work of art, but. I've never watched Monster's Ball. Oh, I mean, it's, it, it gets visceral. I mean, it's, it really hits all, all the, all the checkpoints. Billy Bob Thornton, um, is just great in it, but I think that's, uh, um, just, people just expect that of Billy Bob Thornton to be solid. I think everybody was just amazed by Halle Berry and it's a brilliant performance. I don't think it's anything she's going to replicate, which is one of those sad things about the systemic racism in Hollywood is like, okay. And well, I don't know, maybe having her, you know, the, when I say visceral, it's more about the sex scene. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I would say, I think, oh, no, you're a hot woman. So I think um, actresses like Regina King, which, hey, um, sorry if I'm 
not calling her sexy or um, Viola Davis, <laughs> just don't get associated with. Um, while, you know, Holly Berry, well, I mean, she warmed us up with swordfish, so. <laughs> um, yeah, but those two are great in their own right. Like, uh, uh, what was the first lady you said? Uh, uh, Regina King. I think yes, uh, she's uh, she's mainly a voice actor, isn't she? Um, no, I mean she. I can't. I mean, I don't. I mean, she's done a lot of voice work. Um, I That's think all I really know her from. Well, let me see, Regina. I do. Oh gosh, now I'm going to sound like a total racist. Uh, <laughs> uh, so there's Regina Hall and there's Regina King. Um, so basically. Uh, let me see. Come on. So I'm pretty sure I, I know for sure. I, Regina King did a voices on the boondocks. Which yes. Was that's what I, that, Oh yeah. No, that was, uh, that was she a, did, uh, the youngest. I was blown away that that was a woman's voice. Well, I would. Same thing with the Simpsons too, though, growing up. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be overly surprised. I mean, actresses i mean if you ever get around to a um gosh i think it's i don't want to screw up his name uh the director of kira i think it was matsuhiro otomo um as i said i forgive me but um he had his um set his like movie his comeback movie after akira which was like 15 years later was a steam boy and anna anna paquin plays the voice does the voice of steam boy so oh yeah yeah i i try not to remember steam boy that movie sucked oh (laughs) no i i love i mean it's definitely so okay regina king she was on watchmen the tv series uh and she wanted yeah yeah she was the lead uh i know and she was a I know she's done a lot of other acting work. I mean, yeah, memorable. Bad then, dude. She is awesome in that show. Oh no, I like, and I'm a fan of Watchmen the movie myself. But yeah, it. Uh, dang it, who did? Well, people do hate on that Watchmen movie. I thought it was pretty decent. Uh, then... it, the only thing I'm gonna say about it is, oh yeah, there's a lot of Zack Snyder slow motion. Yeah, not as bad as Justice League, though. Oh, I haven't. Well, you see, I liked I liked Batman v Superman. Uh, I'll stand by that. Uh, Now, Justice League, I can't can't. Okay, yeah, she. I don't know why didn't show up. Might show up on IMDb has just been messy. I mean, honestly, you probably had one of the best cast voice cast of all time on the boondocks uh regina king as the freeman brothers john witherspoon is granddad i mean oh geez yeah i mean just going through it it's like yeah, yeah. we're never gonna get another show like that again i don't know about that i mean thankfully politics i i it it almost it feels like the republicans the right has screwed up finally far enough that we just like <laughs> have to get like all right we're done um so 
now you know 12 minutes into the recording and a bunch of gnomes about the squash in my peripheral there they go yeah Uh, dudes i totally need you to tell me what the hell happened in this movie because i watched the whole thing i still don't know it did things to my head and spots oh yeah you see this is this is it i don't know if we, we can there's a lot to talk about in all honesty when it comes to mad king a movie that clocks in at 83 minutes just so oh sorry mad dog um i think you said mad dog for a second mad god mad <laughs> god mad god by phil Tippett, legendary stop motion artist who's been working at least as far back as star wars new hope okay 1977 probably even further beyond that i i'm certain of that but i digress um so this is 90 for chill the podcast we're talking about an 83 minute movie tonight and that movie is phil Tippett's mad god and my guest uh once again is the dare i say master of shutter by this point one gregory carl it's great to have you back and he i mean mad god i mean is kind of the uh talk of cinema well i think it was more last year because it was like oh we're finally gonna get it because this is a feature that's been in the works since i would go back and say 1990 that's when phil Tippett, while working on robocop 2 so you could even uh probably say 1989 uh, was an idea he had a stop motion feature which he put on the shelf after doing the stop motion uh, miniatures on Jurassic Park in 1993 feeling that you know okay great digital dinosaurs and to Steven Spielberg's credit I think the only time dinosaurs look real is when they have the jurassic label attached to them um because we've done a lot of it uh cg wise since then um so yeah he basically like well this is never gonna get made and i think it's something that uh talking to a co-worker uh today saying yeah i'm doing this is the podcast um basically was something he was basically using his students um to keep doing work on and i think it was about 2010 2011 when a sound editor said you know we can make something of this so this movie has been in the works for uh by the time i guess you would say it was finished in 2021 if you look at the copyright at the end of the credits uh so yeah, by that point, at least 31 years in the works. And I think everybody might be enamored with the fact that we have something like this now, but that does not describe the movie at all. And my coworker, uh, Tim Bates, who we give a lot of credit to, uh, he's like a big influence, was a big um artistic influence on another guest of mine on the podcast from champagne urbana 
Kodiak Thompson. He's done episodes with me about Event Horizon, the films of Don Coscarelli from Phantasm all the way that John dies at the end, and uh, Henry Rollins, one we did, mainly to just talk about he died at the end. He ne- Sorry, he never dies. Or I he, like that he never lot. died. Oh yeah, I, I've heard I've heard Lester about this about the kind of the reimagining with uh, she never died. Same director, but uh, why don't do it? Well, as I say, if it's the same director. I don't blame him for doing the same movie twice. I mean, we let Sam Raimi make Evil Dead twice. So. No, no, that, that's not that's not fair. Evil Dead, Dead One, and Evil Dead Two are two very different movies. Well, the sense of humor isn't there in Evil Dead One, but um, <laughs> or not as not as prevalent. I I honestly would say that the and you're right, and I would say that Evil Dead 2013, which Sam Raimi backed, is probably closer to the original. So, um, but here's the thing about Mad God: do not try to think there's a plot. <laughs> let's let's just get right there yeah <laughs> um For sure. so i mean i've read i like i so as i'm watching it last night and here's the problem this movie has no dialogue except for a brief oh no when this little fluorescent creature sees a friend get eaten oh yeah but the sounds that you hear throughout the movie like a Oh, well, no, I'm right now just having it running in my peripheral. Uh, I'm seeing the electrocution shit scene. That's my favorite scene. I love those, those two ogres. That scene cracked me up, man. I really needed that laugh. I think I that's de- those guys are in there because by that point, like, you got, you need something to make you laugh. Or why are you still watching? Um, I don't know if I would say it made me laugh. I mean, it's such a ridiculous concept and we'll get to you know what's going on with it it but i will say it was a nice visual compared to the time where the character known as the assassin at least the uh first guy who's ventured into this realm who's pretty much dropped into the realm like he's bloody james cameron visiting the titanic And he's not supposed to be there. That is obvious as artillery shells are going off around him at all times. But, you know, once he gets past that level, yeah, it's all kind of weird. But, um, you know, right before that, so just breaking down the scenes, he's looking in a building which he sees nothing but murder and debauchery in shadows. And then he opens a door witnesses like a struggling monkey with something and then a doll pretty much playing with herself i just watched that scene actually right and it like okay here's something fun though and forgive me if i can't recall the guitarist name but i was thinking going into this this must be from the guy who did all the tool videos uh, we're talking um, prison sex and um, 
Oh my, geez. Shows how great an early Tool fan I am. Um, sober. Sober. Adam, 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 Adam. Adam, right. Um, hold um, on. I, 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 as I was working on it last night, I got it. Uh, at, so. No, that's a good pull, though. I completely forgot he did all the videos and whatnot. Well, no, this is not uh, Phil Tippett. Those were directed by... Yeah, uh, I know. I forgot Fred's, the guitarist did those yeah, videos. But the guitar, yeah, the guitarist provided the models for the um, for the uh, video for those videos. Um, so Tool is an actor. Come on. IMDb Maynard James Keenan is not the only <laughs> only guy in Tool. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Now you know why I don't subscribe. Uh, Maynard, okay, Tool. It's just, it's amazing that most of all of this stuff is just made by hand. Yes, that is the most fascinating thing about the feature now the guitarist is adam jones and yes yes uh he's done the anthem i think several times for wwe pay-per-views um but oh i'm sorry premium live events oh gosh okay let's see come on where's my docs there's my docs I just realized, okay, Russ, you bought a Chrome <laughs> a Chromebook just so you have another screen and you weren't you, you didn't have that ready. Oh jeez, come on. Just just open. <laughs> Are you just angry at me because I kept pointing out that Google was giving money to Rodney Davis and it's kinda like, well, I wish you gave him more money to keep that Oh my god bitch so Mary Miller out of like I mean, it's it is screwed up Ameri- uh, oh, American God. politics because I did not I voted Republican for the primary with the sole intention of making sure Mary Miller would not get a would would get fewer votes, and then they told me no, we uh, Champaign County does not get to vote because we still have a representative Rodney Davis, and Rodney Davis is responsible for winning another district. <laughs> Wow. So yeah, a lot of bullshit right there. Damn, How about those drones, huh? Uh, drones. Um, those hair people. No, nah. like walking around like aimlessly, like getting oh. slaughtered. Oh, the drones in the movie. Yeah, yeah. where I got the I yeah, and there's that little shit who's doing the domino thing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that yes. Yeah, no, it, it's like God, damn, it's. Um, okay, there we go. Come on. Get me, get me to my notes on Mad God. There we go. I mean, honestly, I did not have that many notes. Now, with this being a movie with absolutely no dialogue except for that little oh no, um, it's an, you, you have, you really need to pay attention to it. This happened to me, sadly, when I was at a, showing of Nosferatu at the art theater. We're talking Nosferatu 1929. Um, the movie that inspired the 
uh, Willem Dafoe, John Malkovich feature from 2000, Shadow the Vampire, which I have on VHS. I keep getting tempted to buy the DVD at our Never local. Watched it. I saw Shadow the Vampire twice in theaters, actually. Oh, okay. So, yeah, no, that one I am going to say. No, I, I was there, man. I, I need to rewatch that movie. Yeah, as I say, it's just a pain. The it's just a pain in the ass because we Lionsgate just chooses to reissue movies so oddly. It's almost like they hold it off so the indie distributor Shout Factory eventually eventually buys the rights. So, yeah, it's annoying. It's a common problem that I have with a lot of things that come to mind that I really want to watch. I can't ever find anywhere. Right. Oh gosh, I am so proud. They pop up somewhere weird, like uh, they live. I was looking for it. I I just it just kept popping up, unavailable, unavailable. Like really, I watched this on YouTube a few years ago. (laughs) Well, that that find it anywhere. Now it's on Shutter. I did not know it was on Shutter. I, I mean, be I'm wearing actually actually wearing a Roddy Piper shirt right now, uh, but um, no, I bought that. Oh, on, here's some those guys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought it on DVD. I bought bought it on DVD. Saw it at a Barnes and Nobles, and then I bought it on digital. Um, I know Shout Factory. I think's done a version of it. And so I think they're responsible for 4K, which you can get at Best Buys. I know uh, living in Lincoln, that don't do you shit. But... No, not really. I mean, we got Johnny's and uh, Primary Colors. They're two uh, pretty good shops. Oh, that's that's good. Um, but, uh, they don't... It's they been don't a long time since I've been to Lincoln. So. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, well, Primary Colors got a bunch of pops if you're interested in those. Oh, I'm trying my... Look, I'm going to Fan Expo next weekend in Chicago. I'm going to have enough problems. Like, it's kind of like, okay, I've gotten over the pops. I've got everything I need. And then it's like, well, Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes are going to be there. Okay, so I'm paying $120, $200 to get my Blunt Man and Chronic Funko Pops autographed. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's, it's going to be tough because there's always shit to buy and I don't exactly have money. <laughs> so... Yeah, uh, I feel that. I went yeah. to a GPW show for my birthday yesterday, and it like I was just looking around and stuff. Like, ah, I got no money to buy this. I you got said no money to buy this. you said uh, GCW. Yeah, GCW. Oh, where were they at? I'm uh, Sajay, Illinois. It pops. Huh. I didn't know that. Uh, GCW as in Game Changer, or GCW as in because um, I Game Changer. Okay, because it just made me think. Um, no, I think it was G A W maybe. Um, I worked for a promotion indicator once. Uh, I think it was Great American Wrestling or something. <laughs> hey, Ian was on the card, so come on, so give a little credit. Just uh, that scene where. Uh... Remember the big creature with the big stupid boobies and the yeah oh no <laughs> yeah no I I'm at the I point that, I saw the flamingo thing get shit on <laughs> yeah no I'm at the point where the uh, 
assassins just open the door and pretty much abandon the drone. This is a hard movie to just have on in the background while you're talking. So every time I look up, there's just something bizarre. Oh, and that's that's just it. Like, I find this, I find Mad God to be more art than it is cinema. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. When I went to Letterboxd and gave it a review, Letterboxd account CM Darth, if you need to, my guidance even further on movies. Um, it was a, it was a, I gave it five stars. It's a work of art. I, there's no denying that. It really is. It's something to see. But I mean, with all, you know, with going off on all these tangents, let's just get to my notes. So, I mean, the movie starts like a, just a beautiful overture, goes over some Leviticus bullshit. Oh, yeah, that passage was metal. Yeah, and I mean, Leviticus, I don't recommend reading that that Bible book. Uh, definitely don't recommend following that Bible book. But damn, I mean, the art it has inspired. I mean, that's... I, I went to see the girl with the dragon tattoo, the original Swedish version, twice or maybe thrice in cinema. <laughs> so, oh yeah, that that was another good movie. I never watched the American remakes. I did oh, watch the Swedish one. It took me a long time it, to get around to the American remake. The American remake is good. I mean, it's David it. Fincher. Yes, no, I definitely recommend it. Um, I mean, real it. it I think there's a little more subtlety, obviously, to, I don't know if Netflix has it anymore, uh, the complete Millennium Trilogy, as it's called in Sweden, um, which is basically girl, basically the three-hour versions of each of the girl movies. It was on Netflix. Yeah, it was it was on Netflix. I didn't get through all. I don't think I I think I may have gotten through Girl with the Dragon Tattoo or by its original name because Americans are just more clever. The uh, original name of the first novel is and the first Swedish movie is Men Who Ate Women, which is goddamn appropriate right now. But, yeah. Well, um, don't let me in with those dudes. I didn't say you hated women. I got enough problems with I got enough problems right now with gun nuts who jumped on me about saying um on Twitter at catbusrus. Um now I'm very anti-gun. Maybe it's because I'm a trained martial artist, professional wrestler. I have actually defended myself against a knife successfully. Um it is basically me trying to be come up with a compromise which was if you can't hit them with a it my my stance on semi-automatic weapons if you can't hit the target with one shot learn how to aim yeah that's fair and the response was but it takes longer to learn how to aim if you only get one shot at a time and I said, that's the point, because a gun is nothing more than a murder device. I mean, if you're not if you're not hunting, 
uh, I mean, basically, a gun can't defend you because if I have the drop on you with a gun, I have to screw up <laughs> for you to turn around and shoot me. Dude, Mill- I th- th- thousands of Vietnam soldiers who got the first shot at Rambo know what I'm talking about. No, you're 100% right. Like my yeah. uh, my roommate, my old roommate, well, we're still really good friends. Oh, yeah. Friends now. But uh, he's got, he had so many fucking guns, dude. And one day I had to actually break into our apartment and he was sleeping in his oh, bed. Shit. Didn't fucking move. Didn't move at all. Yeah. And he woke up the next morning like, dude, I could have slit your fucking throat in your sleep, man. You don't even know. Yeah. I 100% had to drop on you. All those guns, what good are they? (laughs) I had to climb up onto the roof. I had to go through a window. That had to have been a whole series of noises that were made. Yeah. Like, it wasn't exactly quiet. Thank- oh, no, he no. He was in a way. Like, he would have been gone if it, wasn't, if it wasn't me. Yeah, so, no, I've had three days of arguing with these people on Twitter. And, like, one guy saying, I defended myself with a gun multiple times. And it's like, look, I've defended myself against a knife once. So, I doubt it. You, you probably were woken up and you had a chance to scare somebody i mean surely you would have claimed to have killed somebody if you i mean it's not hard to defend your place with with a gun all you really have to do is fire it off in the air and more oh you could scare the shit out of people yeah um i didn't think about that but the point of the matter is guns scare guns can only defend you by scaring people yeah if i have the drop on you like one guy responded with are you telling me women have to talk themselves out of sexual assault and it's like dude if they're getting assaulted they didn't have a chance oh yeah well 100 percent of the time they're usually jumped yeah i mean that's yeah it's i didn't even go and i i don't know i will probably engage with them again but it's like you know why they they call it the boyfriend loophole if there's a gun with um, an abusive man, doesn't matter if the woman bought the gun. In all likelihood, the man is going to get it first. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's my bullshit this week. Um, and now I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I got somebody saying, I'm not a Putin supporter. Dude, you had a Z in your profile name. <laughs> That that like you didn't you didn't catch on that the anti Nazis that's the Russian anti Nazi propaganda they've been spouting. <laughs> yeah, so, but I mean, you I know that, what, this assassin might not uh, might have worked out a whole different in this Mad God movie. Maybe if he just had a gun. Yeah, hey, well, I don't think he got a chance to get to the target. No, honestly, he was using a bomb, so. All right, you have the beautiful overture, the Leviticus passage, which is the only uh, conscious um, dialogue you have or explanation of this film you have. Um, I mean, it's a beautiful overture, overture shot. Reminds me a lot of the attempts of, say, movies like The Black Hole 
uh, it would Disney Star Wars knockoff. I, I I'm not trying to speak bad of it. I have Bob the Robot voiced by. I have never heard of it. You've never heard of the black hole? Oh, it's even oh. well. No, I was about to say it's even referenced in True Romance. It's like no, that scene got cut. You know what? I've never seen True Romance. Tarantino's script, man. Jeez. <laughs> I don't know. It's just another one of those movies I've always heard great things about. I just I never had the chance to watch it. Oh, William! Now hearing him with three kids and like it's amazing. I got to watch Mad God. Oh no, no, <laughs> hey, hey, you're yeah, no, I got I got cats, so it's like <laughs> you got. Yeah, it's right. totally the same. No, no, it's not totally the same. That's what I'm saying. These, let's see. I mean, I checked the my cat Ava. Uh, she's. 80 in cat years so she's 14 and my ex-girlfriend's cat who i keep care take care of um that's a whole lot of uh lot yeah of, i think we did this last time i was yeah, on the show Let's right right no I, I people say hold the cat hostage or don't hold the cat hostage it's your cat i don't I got, remember what i said right I was but yeah the but right uh, i mean they they are they are excellent they they help me out when i'm drunk and gosh i i don't drink that much i pretty much drink the podcast or go to a goth night um so uh, needless to say though it's it's gonna be a jeez eh, it's a tough six day work week right now because i don't get off till wednesday i've been working since uh thursday so um and like I had not done a, oh, well, I got to get up early, but I'm going to drink till 2 a.m. And I'm I'm holding up all right. I'm not properly hydrated. I have a cramp uh, that's probably going to trigger at any point. But um, all right. So we got to, so lost you on the uh, black hole. Have you seen um ralph bashke's lord of the rings the animated movie from uh let me see i have seen that okay so that that inch that uh that opening shot of the tower like made me think of movies like um ralph bashke's lord of the rings uh made me think of um as i said the black hole at disney knockoff of star wars with a hell of a cast even on top of that um Robert Forrester from Jackie Brown. I'm sure you've seen him in other things. Uh, he's actually the lead terrorist in freaking Delta Force. No shit. Yeah, I was surprised by that one. Oh, I I don't know. I tried rewatching Delta Force, and oh, all right. Um, it's different when you feel that the state of Israel should never have been established, but. I digress. It's that's only because we didn't ever give black people reparations, but a bunch of Jewish people. Let's give them a country in the worst part of the world. <laughs> and to the credit of the state oh. of Israel, to the credit of the state of Israel, and I only say the worst part of the world is in, you know, everybody hates Jews in that portion of the world. <laughs> I will give credit to the. Uh, state of israel you challenge those guys they will kick your ass (laughs) um 
now I think. You know, this is going to sound a very uh, un, uh, uh, not, I'm PC, not. PC. Like, yeah, well. I say this, but uh, I'm watching this scene with the surgeons right now. And, yeah, I'm there. And, and for some reason, I, I, I thought for when I watched this the first time, I thought, I'm going to watch this with the boys and see what they think. <laughs> um, I think it's a little late in the movie. Like, if you were going to show the boys the electrocution feces no, scene. I mean the whole oh, the whole movie. <laughs> that was... That was something um, at least Phil Tippett had the um, decency because my friend Tim. Okay, I didn't pick up the gold he was digging out of him before. Um, Well, I know he was definitely going for the memories, but no, there's that gold element. And then at the end of the movie, when they squash the baby worm thing and you have all that gold dust, it all makes sense. I mean, this movie takes oh, numerous crying like gave me, oh, that the whole just sound effect of the baby crying and the uh, yeah. like all, all the walk in like ah oh, yeah gave me feelings yeah and that's what it's supposed to do. It's a definitely this is definitely a mild nightmare. I'm not going to say an absolute nightmare because there's just some stuff you want to remember like a nightmare you hate remembering i think but this is stuff like i want to want this to stay in my head um so we have the overture as i say very reminiscent of other people um i also made a joke uh, at least in my notes about uh the Evil Dead vibes, or dare I say, Army of Darkness vibes, when the gnomes got stomped on for seemingly no reason. Oh, yeah. Um, but what this movie really feels like is, at at least until we get to the point where the assassin is captured after his bomb refuses to tip to the uh, 12 o'clock hour to detonate, and then he's captured... And then you have the surgery where they extract a worm like ba- a larva ba- like baby and drill a hole in his freaking head. Um, so, yeah, if that sentence doesn't tell you, don't let your kids watch the movie. Well, if that sentence doesn't tell you that I have an issue with run on sentences. <laughs> um, yeah. Don't don't let your kids watch this movie. Um, at least I think my argument. I've seen what they watch on YouTube. This at least is artful. Yeah, no, I'll uh, well, geez, again, I don't have kids to tell me to demonstrate what they're watching on, on YouTube. So, are you sure it's YouTube and not uh, Telegram? Because I had a bitch. No, it's that... YouTube. They are addicted to YouTube. Well, I only say that because I had a and a bitch uh, sitting next to me at uh, my former banking job. So the deal with her was she got herself another banking job. But because I told her quit watching these bullshit videos where they're just basically trashing the left, and I'm sure YouTube wouldn't even show these videos, so Telegram videos, um, I eventually asked her to stop. And the day she, her last day of work, she said, 
oh, you do you do know that Russ is blogging about work experiences. So she had she she secured her name is Marissa Embry. I will put my you know <laughs> I'll put that out there. Fuck you, Marissa. Thank you. I'm coming for you now. Let's just, I'll just 94 let, Chill Podcast Nations coming for your house. Oh, <laughs> uh, don't go for her house. I know that dickhead coward she lives with is armed. <laughs> okay, so um needless to say she got me fired because oh, he was writing about his job on his blog. So truthfully uh, I hope you went back there and that man. Before they fired you, I was not writing about this job. I was writing about the bitch. No, because I wasn't necessarily (laughs) writing only about her. I did write about experiences with no specific details. The best thing they had on me was a blog where I talked about an experience where three guys who spelled their name, Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, just did stupid things in one day. (laughs) I did not mention their last names. Uh, only maybe one of them actually lived in Champaign. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wrote about that experience, basically taking pride in the fact that I spell my last name S T E V E N S. You give me one other word in the English freaking language where P H comes off as a V, and maybe I will retreat. <laughs> Good for you, Russ. Good for you. The same goes for those fucking jackoffs that spell Jeff with a G E O. Well, my only problem. Well, I will give. I, I got a friend who at, at a job who just goes by Geo instead of Jeff. So, um, to but I can it's, that. yeah, but it's still the G as a J. But yeah, you know, C. C and I love my go-to swear word is the C word. I pr- <laughs> I probably got myself my uh, I recorded a podcast uh, with uh, Andre from uh, Tattoo Squid Podcast, which is an excellent character study. And I'm just proud to be a character, I suppose, to get on that show. But I may have said, you know, oh yeah, my little sister was a C word growing up. I did say she's an excellent human being now, <laughs> but and he was oh, shocked. It was and still is. Well, yeah, but the point of the matter is, he was still shocked that I dropped the C bomb. Like, um, man, we really do run with a different crew, do we? Yeah. Well, I don't know that 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 mofo is from Long Island. You figured that'd be normal. Uh, I digress. So. Yeah, so I brought up the Ralph Baskies, and I did write in my notes that this is really like a very depressing version of a, a Janae and Caro movie. If you don't know Janae and Caro, I will say uh, Janae ended up directing um, Alien Resurrection, which I love. It's goofy as all hell, but by I'm that is that the one with the dog alien where they're crossbreeding them with the dogs that's alien three with that uh, which was directed by david fincher okay no i've watched them all. I, see i confuse them all because i've watched all the alien movies in a block 
Yeah, no, no, so no, right. Okay, Alien, Ridley Scott, one alien spaceship, horror, gothic horror movie described as dis, disguised as science fiction. First face, first face hugger, first chest buster. Yeah. Aliens, directed by James Cameron. Basically, Vietnam done on a planet with aliens. Uh, Michael Bean, Bill Paxton, uh, no, Bill, Bill Paxton, yes. Game over, man. Lance Henriksen. All right, um, that's Aliens. Alien Three. Sigourney Weaver has shaved her head. Charles Dance from Game of Thrones looks like he might make it till the end until halfway through the movie. Um, that's the dog alien. And if you watch the. I think they call it the industrial cut because David Fincher, the director who went on to direct Fight Club, Seven, Zodiac, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the American version. Um, excellent director, music video director before that. Um, yeah. In Alien 3, the industrial cut dare i say it actually came out of like a uh dead yak or something that the uh, prisoners pulled up pulled out um but it acts very dog-like four-legged alien resurrection that's where they clone ripley so they can because ripley dies at the end of alien 3 they clone ripley to get the dna from the queen um you had ron perlman renona Ryder. It, as I say, it's all goofy as all hell. It's written by Joss Whedon. That further says that. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. I watched all those movies when I had COVID last year. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that, yeah. Um, geez, I, I just... It's coming for everybody is my problem with COVID. Like, I, I'm still wearing... I wear a mask at my job, dealing with customers. But, you know... Yeah, COVID's why I lost my last job. Damn. Had it in the house. I went and got a. I went and got tested. I didn't know I had to tell the nurse, even if I got a negative test. Huh. Fired me. <laughs> I, I was following your procedure. We had it in the house. I told you people multiple times. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, it's all a weird thing, man. I didn't want to work there anymore anyway. No, yeah, no. As long as you can take it as a blessing, and if you got it the right time, good unemployment. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's that's it. But Janae and Caro, have you ever seen the movie City of Lost Children, another Ron Perlman movie? Not for a very long time, okay. But that's the vibe I got. Very, um, I don't know what age of French cinema that would be. Um, not too far removed from Deadly Games, I will say, at least stylistically. Definitely recommend uh, watching City of Lost Children. Hell, I'll recommend watching Amelie, which is the movie that he got an Oscar for for Best Foreign Feature. Uh, that's Jean-Paul Genet. Uh, Caro's done, like, I don't know, Alien th- Alien Resurrection kind of split the couple, the uh, directing duo, I suppose, but I digress. So you get a lot of vibes from that. Uh, a great movie by those guys, though, would be Delicatessen um basically about a world that's run out of meat 
<laughs> so you have this uh, guy renting out rooms basically so he can eventually slaughter the newcomer and sell his meat. It's a comedy. Sounds so, hilarious. Oh no, I I think it is, but you know. Um. So. Uh, when it comes to the assassin, though, I think he's uh very much an avatar for the viewer because he wants to get through this project. <laughs> he has a goal. He's going to set off an explosive. Uh, to destroy this mad world but he knows like okay i am seeing a basically how i like to describe it as you know what a rue goldberg device is correct yeah right so we're talking the breakfast machine from Wee's herman big adventure just a bunch of things that have nothing to do with each other but one action leads to another, which leads to another, and eventually you get, uh, I think it was uh, pancakes with bacon and eggs and a smiley face, which Pee Wee ruins by just pouring Mr. T cereal all over it. Um, yeah, I was just waiting for an MTV logo to pop up. <laughs> no, not no. Hey, that is a that is a brilliant observation. I'm going to give you that. So you get all that. Uh, which is what I think about the drones who just get wasted, but like they're just doing their yeah, job. The working man, right there. Well, true. I didn't even think about that allegory, but you know, like they're cleaning something, and then there's a train going, and it's like, oh, I hope we can get out of the way. Oh, we did not. So they're conscious enough, and it's like you stop and think, like, why are you just wasting these characters? But then again. It's like the electrocution scene where you have uh, people being, like, four people being electrocuted, but their bowel movements that are being released are feeding something entirely else. And then when you see a drone get wasted, well, then it seems like, well, they're still moving on. Like, that's meaningful. I mean, the drones don't think it's meaningful, so... There you go. I think that's the out. That's the mad god moment. Like, um, the individuals don't know what's going on, but the god does. So I'm watching the movie, and we've gotten to the point where the assassin has the larva removed from him, and the mad scientist is watching his the main the the memories from his cranium got a lot of tank combat which is pretty awesome i think no it's not now i'm looking at it it's like, god damn that's not too far removed from terminator 2 <laughs> yeah dude, this whole thing's just shot amazing it's beautiful you can try to make sense of the content but god damn it, it, it it's beautiful and i had difficult i'll be honest i had difficulty staying awake because i did the goth night the night previously so i ended up waking up on my back i don't sleep on my back that's probably why the cats weren't by me because <laughs> i was snoring 
Uh, I still had a beverage I had poured, not an alcoholic beverage. I got through the Taco Bell at least. <laughs> but by and we lost that a few years ago in this uh, town. Damn. Okay, that is criminal. It bloody, really is bloody criminal. I don't think Taco. Truth be told, Taco Bell. There, there's a there when being a customer service guy. There's there were points when I switched the gas station work. Like, you know, they were treating me a lot better at Taco Bell. So, um, but um, it's it's not food for the sober. Yeah, I, I tell you what, man, losing Taco Bell in this town fucking hurt this family more than anything the government could do to us. With that said, get your vasectomies or get your tubes tied. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, my gosh, it's the cheapest. I, I can I can vouch. It's the cheapest shit out there. The beef is hardly beef. Oh man, no, jeez, I'm just, I'm glad. Well, I don't know. I would never have. I'm in a position where I never have to see Lincoln again. I no live problem. on. Well, I don't know. I mean, I. I'm so accustomed to it, though. I lived in Morton. That's right where I-55 starts. It goes right. You got to go to Lincoln. To get that. I'm sorry, I-155 starts. You got to get the Lincoln to get the 55 and, uh, you know, get the St. Louis. I digress. Yeah, That's... I'm not putting together comedy shows. There's no reason to come to Lincoln anymore. <laughs> Mason City isn't that far away from Lincoln. That's all I knew. Uh, I grew up in Mason City. You're not missing nothing there either. No, I'm not saying there was anything besides the comedy club in Mason City. No, even that kind of sucks. Uh, I only saw Mike Armstrong. I saw Mike Armstrong a couple times there and Drew Hastings. Really borderline ring humor. So, yeah, I'm not going to say it's a big loss, but. It really isn't. I grew up there. Like I used to go to shows there just because I was doing comedy. I was like, man, this is sad. Like, I'm coming down. I'm. I could do anything else, and I'm watching this dude using a headshot from forty years ago, and I'm just watching a broken down old man. And that sounds like Drew. Ha- well, that sounds like Drew Hastings, but I digress. Every show I've been to there. Well, no. Except of locals, we have a great comedy scene around here. There are really great comics that go through there. So, by all means, go see them. But I just why why aren't we using our own people more? I I don't know. I I I I think we have amazing people around here. uh, Oh, let's bring in more people from St. Louis, though. You see that this is coming from a guy who's gone to Zanies a few times in Rosemont. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I I used to go to the jukebox all the time. Dan is Dan and I are pretty cool, and that's beyond just having the same stripper taste. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like Dan. We'd probably be more friendly. I'm just I don't know. I, I'm kind of a shy guy in public. Oh no! Uh, uh, look, this is, is like coming just like talk at people and whatnot. I I would not I wouldn't be in customer service if it didn't set boundaries. Okay, 
I know. Yeah, I know I'm the guy. I know I'm a shy person, but you give me a role. So I'm more disappointed that I did not get into acting at a younger point. But truthfully, you know, hindsight being 2020, life would be different if I would have just said, Dad, I have enough faith in my amateur wrestling skills. Let me go to some Division three college and screw up like you did at Division one. See, earlier today, I was kind of thinking it's kind of the opposite for me because I was just thinking the other day, like, man, I really fucked up, man. What I should, I should never start a comedy. I should have just been a heel wrestler because I mean, I was thinking about the jokes I was doing, the things I was like trying to do, and like, oh no, I was one hundred percent just being a heel wrestler. Like, no, I'm supposed to make people like me doing comedy, not hate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like people take you seriously when you do comedy now oh i had a revelation <laughs> not what i was doing i had a revelation recently and it's all probably inspired by the mjf work shoot like yeah well one i hated what i was doing as a professional wrestler because um there was no guidance and i started in peoria <laughs> yeah yeah, see, that's the thing, too. You need guy- I didn't really have guidance. Like, I, yeah. I had some people, in hindsight, I probably had some people that were trying to give me a little bit, bit of guidance. But, no, but com- not, like, Jason Jester was probably really trying to give me guidance, but he no, was he's- catching me on bad times. Yeah, no, you, you do get that, but um, I never had a Jason Jester when I was in Peoria. Uh, it was all people blowing smoke up with their own asses. Well, I brought these people in. Yeah, they're your friends. Yeah. yeah I did. People. Yeah, I didn't. And I still stand by. I didn't have anybody who believed in me. My parents got me to get my associate's degree in general education and a web designer certificate on the promise they would pay for wrestling school. That took three years before, like, okay, I found my trainer and i would say best friend and i say best friend well no he's the most honest person i know danny daniels in chicago he runs aaw and i also say best friend because if i ever find myself in the position to get married i'm naming that asshole my best man so that guy has to put me over for once uh but no dan danny danny's a great guy but I didn't have that. Like when you get into professional wrestling, you better get into it with somebody who's as serious as you are. I got into professional wrestling in Peoria because I didn't have anywhere to go. My parents didn't back me. Like, uh, what do you mean? I have to get a day job. Now you were going to pay for wrestling school. There's no wrestling in Peoria. Like, I need to be in Chicago. I need to be in Baltimore with the Rottens. I need to, you know, I mean, it's tricky, but how about Canada? Maybe I can go and forge some family history. I don't know. But um, so I worked there for three years and basically my parents surrendered because I didn't quit. (laughs) And they represented me, but they never believed in me. And I still stand by that. Yeah. I mean, if you believed in me, you'd be listening to this episode of the podcast, mom and dad. <laughs> um, 
gal. I think my mom or dad just listened to a single episode of the wrestling podcast. How's that? How how is that going? The wrestling podcast. Uh, I mean, it's it's going. I guess we're only two episodes in. We got okay. Hey, as long as it's going, I mean, I'm fighting. I I think I have over a thousand listens documented. Which, truth be told, I go in. I have a domain registry, so I upload them to. Like, if you visit ninety for chill dot com, the dot com, the first option is just listen to the audio file, and that comes from a different server than Podbean, who keeps giving me right wing bullshit as what you should listen to. Fuck you! I'm not <laughs> listening to Glenn Beck. Um, so. Um, so I'm sure I'm closer to 1500, but you know, whatever. And actually, listen, doing a podcast with uh, Tattoo Squid and Trash Panda, they basically were saying it's not about the listens, it's about the merchandising. <laughs> like, people want to support you, so they'll buy. They'll buy t-shirts. <laughs> that was one of the biggest takeaways of that wrestling show I went to yesterday is I'm watching these guys, right? Like breaking light tubes over each other, cutting each other up, uh, going through doors. And all I could think is I remember the, what I paid for the tickets, which were really cheap. Yeah. Four bucks a piece for second row. Yeah. And I, there's no way these people get paid nearly enough. And I start walking around, you know, I'm just kind of looking at merch. I'm like, there's Gringo Loco selling his own merch. There's, cool uh, cool guy. I've known, I've known, I've known Gringo for, gosh, I, eight, I 18 say, years. I, I didn't realize it was Gringo Loco until it was too late. And I did, but I felt like an asshole going back to his table, like, oh, wait, I just realized who you were. Because I was just kind of, you know, just kind of walking around looking at shit. You know what I mean? Gringo uh, was willing. <sighs> Gringo was working in Mexico and he was willing to do Peoria for 40 people. So he, he's he's awesome. Yeah. I, I got nothing bad to say about Gringo Loco. Like I, I really wish I said hi and that he had a great it was a opening match actually. Yeah, no, no. Oh no, he's I, I, I Oh no, I, I know I know Gringo pretty well. I don't know if I know it's him. Kind of sad seeing him having to sell his own merch. Like, man. Well, but all of that, and you still have to do this. Well, if you listen to the art of wrestling, it's all about getting that extra dollar. Gringo, by this point, is probably making four figures a show. I'm not saying anything more than one thousand dollars a show, but I think he is getting a thousand. Oh, I hope so. He deserves it. Well, yeah. Okay, he has awesome merch too. Go support Gringo Loco if you can, because I 100% did not have any money to buy any merch last yeah. night. Yeah, but um, I'm just saying, like, um, I knew Cabana, like, I was having a fall on, I was having tough times with the bookers in Peoria. And it's like, look, you're not doing anything good with me. I will pay the $250 to get Colt Cabana, <laughs> and I will do the favor. You know, I just want to do have to have good wrestling in Peoria, and um, yeah, that uh, like no, you don't get make the, to make those decisions. Like, I just gave you the biggest name you're ever going to get in Peoria, <laughs> and I would have paid for it. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, 
It's the way uh, she goes, man. Oh no! It, like if you can tell great wrestling from i mean people who are just doing it to jerk themselves off and be hero for a weekend be weekend warriors and the people who take this very seriously i mean screw you cm punk i tried to drop a pipe bomb in 2005 (laughs) um and i'll say screw screw you to cm punk just because i'm a cabana guy but um and I got all the respect performance wise for punk that you can ask for. And I get the psychology, but you d- just because, you know, you can quit being a douche at some point, man. That's all I'll say. Um, yeah. So let's good. see. Uh, peripheral rise. I got the two monsters that were fighting each other with shovels. Until That's they're my favorite part. I it is <laughs> no, it's like, yeah, I can totally relate to that. But we've gone through the mad scientist, uh, at least seeing what's going on with his mind, what's going I on. I do his... like that little mad scientist guy. Like, do you think that maybe like that's who the assassin? Like, he's the mad god. Like, maybe the mad god is science. Oh, that is a great observation. I think uh, science itself is the mad god, not the pursuit for science, I suppose. And maybe that is the philosophical message that, um, and is there, and being totally conscious, because as I say, this is a very tough to watch if you don't have the energy for it. Because as I yeah, said, me two goes. Yeah, no, I was stopping, rewinding. Like I know I missed something, but I had, uh, you know, told you I went to a goth night, and you know, know that I blacked oh, out. Well, I don't went to goth night too. Right, but I'm just saying, it's like I love the gnome character. I mean, uh, he's the guy. He's about to pour that stuff in there to feed his little neon world. Yeah, and maybe that's the message. Everybody wants to be their own mad god, which I think is pretty solid. I mean, I like the joke that I like. My mom blames herself for. I shouldn't say blames herself. She tries to guilt trip me, and you never liked reading because I made you read. And like, no, I don't think that's the thing. It's like. I was born, I was, I was a time of visual, you know, visual stimulus, uh, Willy Wonka, Flash Gordon, and, uh, the Star Wars trilogy, they were my, they were my, um, Mary Shelley, William Shakespeare, and Ernest Hemingway. That's not my mom, you know, that's not, my mom's whole associate the time I lived in. And I like the joke that I don't like the idea of writing novels because I don't want people using their imaginations. I write screenplays because I want to tell them, <coughs> no, like if I'm at a book signing, I don't want to hear, oh, I always thought of Hermione like this. It's like, no, I would not have written a ginger woman in my books. Gingers have no souls. Um, 
<laughs> I would I would basically say no. That's not what I envisioned. That's why I wrote a freaking movie, so you know what I want to see. <laughs> so no, I I think it's more my lack of uh, literature, despite making it through my uh, second associate's degree primarily on literature classes, <laughs> is because I just. I, I find the I find the visual media. If we can, if I can tell you what I want to see, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to make you see what I want to see. Yeah, I don't know. Now that you say that, put it like that. I kind of see this movie as like a visual novel because you very much just while you're watching it, your mind very much just runs. Oh no, this is sheer interpretation. Like I, I'm. Uh, that's the problem with watching it on shutter is you're definitely not going to get a director's commentary. The set your I ass strength. Director's commentary because I kind of like I don't know, there's something about just letting your head run, especially these days. Well, that but, but that's social media and everything. Just, but have that, very little opportunity for anything to just let your head go. Yeah, but that's trying to claim the ownership over something that wasn't yours to begin with i think is the argument to be made like i'm kind of watching this for a second time like kind of half-assed i'm just noticing i'm noticing all kinds of things just it's just one like the more you watch it the more you're gonna notice because there's oh no yes yeah well no as i say this is more art than it is cinema um it's very open to interpretation. I will give you that. Okay, and, I'll give you the interpretation right now. You're at the, uh, maybe a little bit past it, the part that he dumps the maggots in. Uh, just finished just finish that. He's looking through the telescope. He's watching things. Like, you get your um, Claire de Beau nudity yeah. as he's investigating. Then he sees mushroom clouds in the um, telescope. I think uh, that could be like a metaphor for uh, for what uh, men are turning into. No, no, it's all it's all self destructive be- behavior, and, and he I, just runs and cowers away. Right, and I think I think it all it, it, in the end, like especially you know, I think it's very much the concept of the war. I don't know if I'm saying it right. The world is flat. The world is a, is a circle. Everything is contained in it. You're just going to repeat yourself. Um, type. We're letting the women down, man. That's what that's what this scene's telling me now. Roe v. Wade. What the fuck we gonna do? I don't know, men. Yeah. We really let our women down. Look at us just running away and cowering. Well, and I will say with, you know, look, it all would have been different if we just accepted that the most qualified politician in 2016 for a political job in 2016 was Hillary Clinton. But I think we despise the fact that she actually put the work in like oh she expects us to give us this job on her qualifications no she needs to impress us yeah she went on the apprentice 
Much we ever see her on TV. But you, you understand what I'm getting at. It's like, why didn't she try kissing our ass and telling us that she'll get rid of the people we don't like? Why didn't she do that instead of expecting us to give her a job based solely on the fact that she spent her entire life preparing for it? Like, Who's saying the glow gnome guys, Hillary Clinton, just all mad and like, fuck you guys, I'm gonna put this all my own shit together. <laughs> I don't know you see, about. I wouldn't say the gnome guy because I think the gnome guy is still a spectator trying to make sense of everything. It's the and I and I put a note and it's um the final acts are very Jim Henson-esque. Yeah, they really are, aren't they? Yeah, this is straight out like, all right, this is what the Dark Crystal should have been. Like, hey, sorry, John, you could have gone a lot darker. Um, and, and no, John shouldn't have with the Dark Crystal. I'm, I'll be the first to say that because he always had. He always had families in mind. I'm not saying he always had kids yeah. in mind, but he wanted everybody to appreciate his creation. That's what made the Muppet Show so great was kids could laugh at it just because you got weird puppets. Dude, but, the Muppet Show holds up. That is legit. Yes. Like, good show. But uh, that's because adults had something to laugh about with it too. And I will say, I think I have... Um, say the cartoon network uh once they started creating original content they kept that in mind to start and i think they kept that in mind and i'd say that was spongebob squarepants ren and stimpy definitely but that was a little spongebob was originally supposed to be on comedy central i read wouldn't surprise me especially with tom kenny the one of the most underappreciated comics of our millennium um well generation x to say the least a lot of good work with um mr show with bob and dave um yeah uh and now we're getting uh, now i'm at the point where we get all that gold dust and we basically see a big bang and like i mean if this wasn't so freaking beautiful it's like See, I don't know. I always felt like that gnome guy kind of ran everything. I don't think it's the gnome guy. I think it's the guy who took the baby and kind of looks like a sketchy from Dark Crystal. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm, I'm confusing gnome guys. Yeah, gnome guy yeah, pretty... kind of gnomish. Yeah, but I'm just saying gnome guy was pretty much just going with the flow. And now I'm seeing these little, those little um, towers or dare I say Stonehenge things just crashing into planets during this uh closing sequence and it's like well god damn aren't you taking stanley kubrick and um sorry i don't remember the name of the author of 2001 and 2010 but this is 100 percent just a metaphor for fucking like growing up or like society as it is like she brings that whole baby like the whole worm thing and yeah. they crush it to mold it into whatever it needs to, needs it to be. That's whatever, what society does, man. Whatever just, we like, want it to be, which is the sad yeah. thing. Not not what it needs to be. Whatever we want it to be. 
And it looks like a cycle that's going to repeat itself. Yep. Which is cycle. Which is surely maddening. <laughs> um, and I wrote that as a, my final note, and it's like, as I say, the assassin. He seems to be us. Like, man, this is screwed up stuff. But there's got to be something at the end. So I'm gonna tough, tough, and get through it. Yeah, and like the assassins, like the the guy where. He he personifies the part in all of us where like no we're gonna fight this we're gonna be who we want to be but we eventually just end up on a slab having our head drilled into and yeah no no you nailed it there crushed into whatever and but and my final note is all creation stems from violence yeah which is because in this sequence I'm seeing they're basically building bloody new york city i only say new york city because it's the most iconic skyline up until 2001 thank you saudi terrorist (laughs) um and yeah we it's i'm just sad that we're so bloody violent and there's a need for resistance because you have those two girls who find the bomb and try setting it off again at the end of the feature. Yeah. Um, Which reminds me, I really should have bought that liquid chalk on freaking clearance. Got a bunch of churches to vandalize with, um, with, with the church vandalism, man. What would my bring me back to my youth? What, yeah, I'm just saying. What would fight What would Gojira expect of me? I don't know. I don't listen to my little brother's uh, taste in music, but the fact that, but I have seen enough documentaries about mayhem to know that churches need to be burned. <laughs> Nobody in them. But burned, not shot at. Jeez. Yeah, you fucking uh, you desecrate them. Yes, like, right. What? Yeah, there's you no reason to. Mur- the windows. And- yeah, there's no reason to murder anybody. Yeah, like I, I got, I got, I had a few satanic friends. I don't really keep in touch so much anymore because I don't live in Maryland anymore. But. Yeah, they did. They ended up doing hella community service for trash and churches, which, I mean, good on them. Like, they didn't kill anybody. They just, yeah, well, we're going to do this. Like, well, we hurt anybody. We're just going to break some windows. Yeah, if you're going to, if you would pay your taxes, maybe I'd feel bad. Yeah, I, I never fucking bought that whole thing. Separation of, well, Oh, no, no it is. It isn't a. It is. I don't think it is a separation of church and state on that. Not it's like definitely well, no, not anymore. Not, not, not it happened a few weeks ago. Yeah. Well, no, definitely not. But I'm just saying, it's like the sheer fact we would say. Well, if you're teaching a, if you're teaching theism, not philosophy, theism. Or, yeah, basically theoism and everything, be it mono or mono or multi theoism, it's like 
no this is this is believing in imaginary friends you're not you're not gonna find out if they're not imaginary until you die yeah man this whole thing is fucked man we ain't got no baby formula and now we gotta have all these babies i don't even want to get into that portion of the Uh no it's like no but i didn't get angry about the baby formula thing because until i walked you know i'm just trying to get my chicken wings for my professional wrestling for my AEW rampage yeah i went to the i went to the freaking uh toy section to see what kind of AEW or funko pops they had before i walked to the grocery section but to see that we have as much security for baby formula as we have razors. That is freaking screwed up. Yeah, it's insane, man. This country really hates poor people. Yeah, no, that's 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 definitely the moral of uh, our it's story. Insane. It's not like any of us need it, dude. I, but no, as I say, that's the that's ass off for the last couple of months. Yeah, no, I mean that's the that's the moral of our story, and Mad God basically just tells us, as I say, it's a cruel Rube Goldberg device, which is only favors the well, our world's only a, is a cruel Rube Goldberg device that only grinds us up for the rich's sake. But I mean, geez, at least Mad God makes it sound like makes it sound like that it well makes it sound like that's just how it is not that hold on basically mad god says this is what's supposed to happen just because someone says so and that abandon the possible thought that this shit may be wrong and basically the assassin is doing what he's doing because this shit may be wrong. And you know what? We still people just huh, I don't know. It's like it's tough to change, man. It's tough to well, change. It is it is the it is tough. It's tough to change when you're told you're going to get something to do if you do something a certain way. It very much is like this would be a great double feature with They Live. Yeah, man, I, I guess I kind of see it. I haven't gotten to watch They Live because I just found out it was on Shutter when I was looking for it everywhere. <laughs> well, as I say, I. It's it's the best movie starring a professional wrestler ever. Dwayne, you haven't done shit compared to one Roddy Combs. <laughs> you know, I really wanted to do an episode with you on No Holds Barred, but I couldn't find that fucking movie anywhere. Uh, I think it's still on Hulu. But... Um, no i definitely no holds barred is like one of those movies that you just know is freaking awful and fortunate you know i've been very fortunate with 90 for chill the podcast aside from 
Allie's Accessory Shops trash feature reviews, and a lot of those end up being bloody golden. Um, that we're not really paying homage to bad movies. Um, but no holds, no holds. I watch it with my dad on TV, and it's so awful that it is fun. I will. This is what I will say with no holds barred. I did. I did a. I have an entire blog. Um. Actually, it started as a Tumblr and still is my Tumblr uh, called Rip'em System. Uh, so R-I-P dot e, I'm sorry, R-I-P-E-M dot Tumblr T-U-M-B-L-E-B-L-R dot com. Um, and it's basically my and I got a lot of love from podcasters about it back in 2014, I'd like to say. Um, basically saying that No Holds Barred is Vince McMahon's Mein Kampf. <laughs> and I don't think anybody can dispute that. So I do, I have moved everything to blogspot slash blogger. So it's Rip'em System, which is the KMFDM joke. So R-I-P-E-M-S-Y-S-T-E-M dot blogspot.com and yeah you can read me basically telling you how rip uh no holds barred is basically what Vince McMahon wants professional wrestling to be and yeah basically if he could kill people on screen he would hell he tried it and and with that said thank you Chris Benoit for your sacrifice I would not have taken the two. I would not have taken your wife and kid, but your death saved us from the most ridiculous thing in professional wrestling. So, what was the most ridiculous thing in wrestling? Professional wrestling. Vince McMahon trying to kill himself on air with the exploding limousine, and a week later, we have the Benoit tragedy. Oh yeah, that's right. I completely spaced that, that he did that. That's right. right. He, <laughs> he's popping right back up on TV. Right, he had to come so on up. to address the fact that oh gosh, there's actual death in the real world. God damn it! Yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the professional. I, I I I spent my time in the professional wrestling business. Hey, look. I would love to call myself a 20-year veteran, people. Get me a booking. If you can do it before November 2nd, or hell, even after November 2nd, I can say I've been in the business 20 years. So, um, No, my time in the comedy business was essentially me just wondering what the fuck I'm even doing here. Yeah, no, I no, I mean, I, I'm very fortunate. I don't fit in with these people, and I don't think I want to. That's true. I believe me. I, I get you there, and I'm still looking. Like, there's a lot of stuff I'm working out with my psychiatrist. So, I definitely understand that. Um, yeah. So, I think uh, we definitely. So, no, well, I think we better much just try our best to conclude. Mad God, it's you have to admire the effort that went into this feature and 
what it was attempting to do, it's, I guess it's kind of like watching a, one of a, jeez, I'm trying to think. You might not like it, but God damn it, you will appreciate it. Oh no, that, that, that really does sum it up fast. Cause I always like to say, well, you know, you go back to silent movies and such, and it's like, well, the fact of the matter is that all movies spoke the same language at one point. You just had to throw title cards in there. Uh, it's a throwback to that. And, but without actual dialogue and without, there's nothing to translate. I mean, it was fucking weird trying to watch this movie subtitled because I'm thinking, well, surely something will be said. It's it's something that is you have to pay attention to. And if you are willing to do that, you are going to appreciate the experience. And if you're not willing to do that, well, you know what, man? Take your freaking Marvel movies and shove them up your ass, man. Hell you want to you want to be distracted. This is not a distraction. This demands your attention. That's why in the end, it's a five-star movie because it has to be watched. And those who do not watch, do not find themselves willing to watch it, they're not here for the art. They're here for the distraction. Yeah. I sat down thinking I was gonna like oh, play a little Shining Force and yeah oh well this movie and I was like oh no I ended up putting that shit down like I have to watch this yes no oh, it sums it up so yeah granted uh, Gregory and I I made this an assignment for ourselves but you know I think the best, best cinema I'm sorry best homework ever there you go no yeah this is this is something you're gonna appreciate putting yourself through and i mean it's regardless that it's brutal at times disgusting this is art man yeah throw it on here and there when you're bored well no i no like they were able to we've been you could have watched two-thirds of this movie back in 2014 the work was done and now that it's been completed there's no excuse any longer this is a must-see movie and i you know your opinion be it one star or as letterbox lets it be one half star to five stars all opinions are valid as long as you sit back, have your eyelids pulled back like Alec, I'm sorry, Alex from A Clockwork Orange, and you watch every bloody moment of this feature. You will be better for it. And you will not puke whenever you want to touch a boob afterwards. <laughs> So that is art, man. And that is Mad God. 
So thank you very much for sticking through this podcast that has lasted, I would say, at this point, we're probably looking at 13 minutes longer than the actual movie. But hey, you come to podcasts for, and that's truthful, just bullshit, honestly. Um, as bullshit as I mean, is where it just, we're trying to appreciate something, but we're going to go on our little tangents. I'm going to have to throw a bit of uh, censorship in. That's just because I may, honestly, I probably do it for fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I can cover up that F-bomb. Alistair starts saying some shit on the first time we start recording. Like, no. God yeah, damn so- God damn it, you son of a bitch. I told you what we were doing. Yeah, but no, this is this is art, and um, you'll appreciate it no matter how much you like it. So that is Mad God. Um, thank you very much, uh, Gregory Carl, for suggesting this movie. And um, you have your wrestling podcast now, so where can we find that? Pod show. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor Podcasts, and uh, Amazon. We're on oh. Amazon Podcasts. All right, very cool. Um, Anchor, I've heard great things about. And as I said, the Podbean. If you keep showing me Glenn Beck suggestions, um, I'll be looking for a new. I'll be looking for a new platform to uh, get my stuff distributed on. Uh, you can find, but uh, I mean, all you know, all respect to you for doing a wrestling podcast because I cannot do what is it? WWE offers seven hours of content. Here's the thing. this is what the Mud Show is. It's okay. basically just two dudes just reminiscing about the old days and talking about things that caught our fancy through the week. All right, no, that is very cool. I'm just saying, look, man. A lot of Ray Ramon talk. Alistair is a very big Scott Hall fan. Well, Scott Hall. He's a he got he got sober recently. He got a well, he's not sober anymore, but he went no. through a period. He got back into wrestling. He uh he texted uh DDP. And that kind of helped get him sober for like a hundred days, but then he hey, that's a hey. hundred days is an accomplishment. No, I mean, it really is. No, I, I and I attest with that. Um, but uh, he's just back in full force, new fan, not really knowing what the hell is going on. So I'm just kind of educating him now. It seems like well, do your best because, as I say, when you have seven hours of WWE content. And three hours of AEW content. And for me, somebody who watches AEW Dark Elevation while I'm editing my podcast, that would be another hour on top of that. Um, yeah. You know, so uh, there's so much wrestling to watch. I mean, I, it's I, a lot. I, I, I have I a new, I, I still, I'm still proud of subscribing to New Japan. So, yeah. I almost did that. Uh, definitely, definitely worth it in January. Um, I need to challenge when the G one starts, but if you can do it, yes. But it's it's I'm still definitely thinking about it. 
I'm trying to get him into like an MOW and maybe watching a little bit of NWA because I don't really hear a whole lot of people like covering that kind of stuff. And uh, I, I was, the... no, I was watching Power um, until Aid, like the pandemic screwed everything up because Aid, like AW Dark, became like two hour shows. No, this is supposed to be stuff, the stuff you do to impress the fans after the. Sh- the show ends you know um yeah so i mean that's that that's but no nwa power was great aaron stevens i hope you just resign with nwa i know there's bigger things for you (laughs) but please man you it was just so perfect yeah aaron stevens was fucking is fucking cool on power man but i i've always been for the last couple of years, I've kind of been an MLW fanboy. Like, I've watched a lot of guys oh, I... from MLW to, like, bigger and better things. It's... Yeah, if you can't get, if you can't go to indie shows, and not to say that I have the money to go to indie shows, because when I think indie, I think Chicago, because I worked what uh, downstate indie, and that's definitely not that quality. Yeah. And I will stand by that. Uh, regardless if it won't get me booked in Peoria. <laughs> but Sorry, you know, me Peoria, it's not that cool. I don't regardless know. Of what they think. I don't know. I love the jukebox. I love the rubber men. I love the chiefs. <laughs> but I don't love the people. Okay, I said it. There. <laughs> there, now you feel better. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thank this you, is Greg. why we get along right here. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, God damn it, there, I said it. I feel better now. Yeah, so, <laughs> all right. So you got um, that podcast in was Mud. It is the Mud Show. Thank you. Yes, That's the Mud we Show. Are. We are the Mud Show of wrestling podcasts. And L- MLW, regardless if I watch a lot of it, hell, Marty and Sarah don't watch enough of it. And they're sponsored by MLW. <laughs> uh, Mud Show. <laughs> God damn it, that's a good pull. Hey, look, Sarah took my comment. Sarah took my interviewer job, okay? God damn it. Granted, she probably took it three years after I left it. But the fact is, she took it. Dude, Uh, MOW fucking rocked before the pandemic, dude. It was so good. Oh, I I knew, yeah. uh, As I say, it's just so much stuff to watch. So it's great to know that somebody's doing MLW justice so thank you very much for the mud really show fired, man like, i don't know man all my friends are fucking addicts well <laughs> i'd say it, you know you're you're but hey you know what wrestling brought them back to the light for a little while maybe wrestling will bring them back that... really, i really kind of felt that i brought them to that gcw shows like dude i got no one to come with me we're doing this wrestling show together. Like we should have, we should start seeing some shit together at least. Yeah, you know no, I mean? no. God damn it, you're like, right. That's like no, that's... he was nervous. He, he was. Uh, it almost seemed like he was afraid to go. Oh like, no! And I like, in the car and like, man, now I just kind of feel bad just forcing you into a social situation. <laughs> I didn't know that well... was going to be a thing. I I I understand that being somebody. I don't know. For me, being a loner most of my life, and it's like I just got to do shit. Um, so 
you know, it, it's it's trickier for me to actually go to a goth night hoping, you know, I will yeah. meet that one girl who appreciates KMFDM as much as I do. And I think she's there. It's just, you know, damn near two decades in age. <laughs> and a little more maturity because I'm going to, I live in a college town and I'm not going to deny it. These kids trying to get their graduate, getting their uh, bachelors are probably wiser than I, or more educate, have more knowledge than I do. And experience can be overrated, but uh, you know, we're by this point that we're just jerking off our own stances. So, uh, watch the mud uh sorry listen to the mud show on spotify listen to 90 for chill the podcast wherever you get your podcasts rate and subscribe give us those five star reviews to mess with the algorithm um you know share it uh at cut bus russ is my twitter handle that's at c-a-t-b-u-s-r-u-s-s but more importantly if you want to be on the show send an email with a movie if you're a little more in depth, give me a theme, a director, an actor. And when I say a little more in depth, if you're just a movie that's under 100 minutes, greatly appreciate it. I have to do less work, but I can make podcast gold out of anything. So, russthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R U S S T H E B U S 07 at gmail.com. And we'll create some fried gold. Thank you again, Gregory Carl, for coming back on the show and being my guide to Shudder. And uh, thank you, Station Marie Harden, for still being my inspiration to keep moving on forward. And I hope you do the same for everybody else you touched in your life. Uh, again, thanks, Greg, for coming on the show. I uh, hope I didn't keep you up too late. No, I'm good, man. I just got off at 10. <laughs> Yeah, I know you're doing that third shift lifestyle, but you know, you got little ones who might expect you to at least every Sunday expecting my dad to make waffles. So it's all right, I got a toaster and eggos. That will work. Hey, I didn't I didn't say you weren't wiser than my dad. So <laughs> that's the only time I it will ever say that about my dad. So <laughs> thanks again gregory and i hope to hear from you soon uh what was that let's see gosh i thought we had something to talk about. oh no holds barred we will get to that at some point i promise at some point maybe someday i'll find it oh as i say i will double check hulu tonight but yeah it's around so all right thank you gregory all right man can i hear a wahoo